The Cal Halbert Podcast. Hello, everybody. Thank you for downloading and listening to this week's episode of the podcast. The guest this week is Marcus Willis. You're best known, Marcus, as a British tennis player and famously getting to the second round of Wimbledon where he got drawn against some bloke called Roger Federer. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. (laughs) Marcus very kindly gave up some of his time to be on the podcast, so I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. The Cal Halbert Podcast. Well, I'm very pleased to say that on the show today, I've got the wonderful, the fantastic, the supreme Marcus Willis. Hi, Marcus. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, my friend. How are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. Just uh, sat here in quarantine, twiddling my thumbs. <laughs> Marcus, we best know you as a British tennis player, famously getting to the, the second round of Wimbledon, uh, playing Roger Federer. But you weren't always a tennis player. Uh, you were more of the badminton player, were you not? And was it your, your badminton coach that got you into tennis? Is that right? Then my badminton coach started hosting this mini tennis session on a Thursday. So I joined in that. And then he said, oh, he's quite good at that. But I was already pretty good at badminton. I was I had trials for the England squad under 15 when I was nine. I didn't get in, but I was really quite a good player. But I, I don't think I would have been anything with my size, to be honest. <laughs> Do you Most think badminton you... players are, are, are small and sharp and I'm big and sharp. Well, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> Were you just an all-round good sportsman then? Do you think that's that's what it was? Yeah, I mean, I've taken some. Yeah, most, most sports I'm I'm pretty good at. Um, apart from golf, I am awful. <laughs> and everyone said, "Oh, you're going to be so good at golf because because um, your hands and stuff." But oh, I think kind of yeah, I haven't had a lesson yet. But it's such a frustrating sport. Oh, because that... one hole I'll go around hit everything perfectly, and the next I'm I'm teeing the ball twenty yards and it's fluffing off the floor and it's. <laughs> Really, really, really frustrating. <laughs> so you always wanted to be a footballer. Which football team did you support growing up then? I support Liverpool. Do you still support Liverpool? Yeah, I still do. So I was born in 1990. And only last year are people giving me gyps saying, I, you know, you live nowhere near there. Are you a glory fan? And I'm like, well, I grew up in 1990. So I'll let you be the judge how much glory I had growing up. <laughs> but people forget that when you're doing well, you just get attacked from all angles. And it's not, not, I just support a football team. Football, yeah. Football's mad, right? You support a team and people attack you like you're anything to do with it. <laughs> I don't like the way that people refer to we as well as if they've got some influence in the club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, but we do. I, I say, oh, we played well last night. But I'm very, I'm, I'm very aware that, that if I didn't support Liverpool, I think they'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's very everyone, true. Everyone seems to like attack each other. I've, I've, a, I've a WhatsApp group, and as soon as your team loses or People just get attacked. It's like flipping it. It's not like I've done something wrong. <laughs> I'm quite lucky in that I'm from Shrewsbury originally, so I follow Shrewsbury oh, nice. Town. Of course, Shrewsbury had the draw against you in the cup. Um, yeah, we we had a belter I've, of a. I went to the return leg actually. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you filled out the away end. Oh, fantastic. That's great. Well, I live up in Newcastle yeah. now, so I'm way way up here. Um, okay. Mainly because I support Newcastle. So I've never had the, uh, oh, you're a glory hunter argument no. against me. <laughs> Alan Shearer. <laughs> oh, they're, 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 it's really bad there at the moment. I've got, I've got a friend who supports them, and he said it's just really quite depressing watching them play. Yeah, it is miserable. But then also, I can't really go back and say, oh, we were playing better football under Rafa because we weren't. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was, it's always been boring football for years. <laughs> oh, golly. 
Not you need Norberto Solano back. <laughs> yes, we do. See, Absolutely, we see do. See what he's doing. See what Nobby's up to. <laughs> Give him a bell. What are you up to? Do you fancy playing with Newcastle? Go, yeah, come, we need you. Stop your boots, mate. We need you. And, and just holding fort there, <laughs> ripping forward. <laughs> oh, golly. So, what first started you on your path into becoming a tennis player and being involved in tennis? Uh, what started me? Uh, I get, came to a point where I played both, and I had to choose one because. I've got a, an older sister as well. My parents only had so much time. So um, I chose tennis over badminton when I was nine, ten, yeah. ten. Um, and I, I literally didn't play badminton again after that until I played for my school a few years later and dusted some people up. And then and then I played a guy who I always beat in the county and he beat me like 15-3 or something. I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> Maybe I don't have it anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so I chose t- I chose tennis and then... I didn't get good for a while. I played these box league things yeah. where you're in a league of six and you get details and you call them up and you play home and away. So my, my home venue is a place called Cantley Park and I was very hard to beat there. It was like Stoke away. Because <laughs> it was always raining and always a bit damp. So I just I just moved people around. Yeah. yeah. What's, your, dirty, fa- but... <laughs> What's your favorite surface? Uh, grass, I think. When I'm playing well, grass is, grass is the one for me. But I've had, I mean, as a junior, I played a lot on clay. So I, I won quite a few singles tournaments on clay. Yeah. And actually in my, my pro career, one of my, I won nine future singles. And one of them was clay as well in Edinburgh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The slowest conditions there are. So when I'm on, I can play okay on it and, and on anything. But I think however well I play, I play on clay, there's always someone that level higher who's just relentless. Yeah. Whereas on grass, I feel like I can compete with anyone when I'm playing on. Yeah, I, I think it's a very British thing, isn't it? Playing on on grass, it is. It's the it's the iconic. You need to play on grass. You're wearing your whites. That it's yeah. It's, that it's it's very British tennis esque. Very it? upper class, isn't it? <laughs> I used it to looks play... good though. It does. It does look good. I think all white, like sparkling new clothes. I think it's a good look. Like the All England Club. There's a couple others around the country. It's, it's nice. I quite like tradition. I think everyone's trying to get rid of it and and make the world very like fair and wear what you want and I can, you know, have my Mohican if I want, which you can. But I, I do like tradition a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. It, it didn't stop Agassi having that hairpiece for a long time, did it? Yeah, so. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic. I used to play a fair amount of uh, tennis, obviously nowhere to, to your level. I got to about county level. That was about it. And I used to play quite a lot on uh, on acrylic, on hard court and stuff. Yeah. And I, and I enjoyed that. And I was good at home. I used to play uh, at a place called Welty in Shrewsbury. Um, and... I used to like it there because I knew where the dead patches were. So I used to, <laughs> I used to play. This to is those. the thing. This is the thing with away matches, mate. <laughs> I played. I played a guy in Newbury who just every time I hit the ball near the line called it out. And yeah. when I played him at home, he didn't. It was just his home advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just cheating. There we go. You can do that at home. <laughs> and you're and you're hitting dead patches, and your opponent doesn't have a clue. <laughs> It's great. I want my. I wish tennis was more like this sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the dark side of tennis. That's what yeah, it dirty. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there was. Uh, so when you get through your, your, you get your LTA rankings and stuff through, and on on the website you can put down your preferred surface. And uh, there was. A- <laughs> 
<laughs> there was a guy I used to I used to play doubles with, and I I hate playing doubles because yeah, everything that goes wrong is the other person's fault. Because obviously I'm exceptional, so it's yeah. not going to be my fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you miss a ball, then your partner should have put the one before away. Yeah, exactly. Really? So it's, shouldn't have it's... put you in that situation. <laughs> so. It's absolutely not my fault. So I, I get it. On his preferred service, he put down tarmac. I think I was off to a, I was onto a loser straight away, wasn't I? <laughs> Brilliant. Tarmac. He's, he's, he's on the M40 just playing. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's gridlock because the guy's got his Wilsons out. Wants <laughs> <laughs> his tarmac. Yeah, I just I didn't think I was like, what do you mean tarmac? And he went, well, you know, you know, like when you when you're playing at school. I went, oh right, so a school court. That that's what you like. That's your preferred court, is it? <laughs> banana skins and quavers packets everywhere. Yeah, sounds yeah. great. <laughs> exactly, and a line going straight through the service line because that's where they play netball. Is that we? Is that the one you want? <laughs> ah, it's the yellow one that looks like the white one. Yeah, <laughs> you can't really tell anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was his oh, preferred court. Street so... tennis. I like street tennis. I like it. <laughs> Combination of street tennis and Mario Kart. There's all sorts going on. <laughs> it's brilliant. You've been very outspoken about the LTA. Um, Fa- uh, failing to to care about British tennis. Tell me, tell me a bit about that. I, 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 I might have said they don't care. I probably didn't mean it like that. It's quite tough. Um, I can only speak from my experience and what I saw. And I don't know. It, it seems like every time Wimbledon comes around, it's all very intense. But I feel like as soon as someone's playing well, they'll back you. As soon as they're having a few months off, you're gone. Yeah. And there isn't any example that that I know that anyone can prove me otherwise. Yeah, I went there for a year, but I was actually playing okay. But they they didn't think I was serious enough at the time. My results were good, my fitness was good, but that's up to them. I'm going to take that personally, so I'm going to I'm going to think of that from a personal point of view. Um, have I seen them be really passionate about performance tennis? More so now, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I just I feel like there's a lot of talented players and. When you get to the level sort of international and you want to play international tournaments and get your ranking to the challengers and one year there's 25 futures and the next they go, oh, we've got rid of the bonus game and there's six futures and you're going to have to, we live on an island, so off your pot. Yeah. It's kind of, and they might have their reasons for that, but we don't hear about it. And then, and then they're putting their money at grassroots and I think, what if you get all these participation, what if you get all these people playing and they get to this level, what are you going to do there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of, yeah, um, it's been frustrating, but I'm going to look at it as a, a selfish point of view, aren't I? I can of never course, have of really, course, of course. I can really have a measured. I can't really have a measured opinion on it because it was my profession. It was my life. I'm probably going to be too passionate about it, but that's what I think. Yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from, and I, I agree with you as well. Because I mean, if you look at the grassroots point of view, you're lucky if you your school has got a tennis court with a yeah. with a netball line through the service line. Do you know what I mean? You're lucky if you've even got that. So having to be able to 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 put that grassroots level down because I mean it's so much easier for two PE teachers to coach well teach sixty kids to play football, rugby or or cross country. You run around the field today. Yeah. It's so much easier to do that than it is to, to teach them tennis. Yeah, it's 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 a relatively expensive sport, right? Especially when you get a bit better. Yeah. And you have to pay coaches, and and if you don't pay coaches, and you're you're only going to improve so much. So, I get it, and and 
that I think they're making it more affordable at that sort of level. But yeah. this kind of it is kind of like I don't know that there isn't a plan after that, or we've not heard about it. And and it's frustrating because from what I know, they they've got the money to keep these tournaments on. They've got the money. Okay, they might be losing money, but they've got it. They've got forty mil from Wimbledon coming in each year. They've got they've got the money to put these features on and lose money from them to give performance players a chance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know why. I don't know if I was making two hundred k a year, I'd I'd say okay, I'll take I'll take one eighty yeah. or one ninety, and ten other people can do that. And then, do you know what I mean? They don't have to be paid what they're paid. These people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, and also you would have thought having Wimbledon, having the the best Grand Slam, the best tennis tournament in the world being in Britain, you would have thought we'd champion it more. Yeah, it's very strange. The All England Club worked uh, aside from the LTA. So the LTA put a list forward to the All England Club and the All England Club can go yes or no. Um, their criteria is pretty strong, the All England Club, which I don't know is a good, good or bad thing. Mm-hmm. It, that's that's up to them. But at least what you're getting players that, that have a chance of winning when they, when they turn up. I guess if you just threw everyone in, um, it would be kind of embarrassing for the tournament. So they, they've got some integrity there at the Oldham Club. Um, do I want to see more Brits? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love, love to see it for the Brits. Are, are some of them good enough? Yeah. And I think you've always, you know, got to take a risk. There's, there's some big players that could that could produce an upset here or there. And, and alternatively, there's, there's been players that have been top 250 in the world that, that aren't really grass players and, and make their paycheck and, and you know, some people never want to match there. Yeah. Unlike um, yourself. Unlike yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was lucky. They put the pre-qualies on, which is an amazing opportunity for players. Um, I was very lucky to get in, but I've always been a dangerous grass player. I played qualies there twice before, um, made last 16 as a junior. Um, yeah. Was I surprised to go as far as I did? Yes. Was I overly surprised? No. Mm-hmm. Um, I turned up and had belief. I did, yeah. On my day on grass, as I said, I'm I can compete with anyone in the world. I think. Yeah. What's it like? What's it like to go through the qualifiers of to get into the the main draw at Wimbledon? Because as a spectator, you just see round one and you see this. Or I mean, in recent years, it's been a little bit better because you can watch it on the Wimbledon and All England clubs of uh, YouTube and Facebook streams and stuff now. But yeah. in, in previous years, you never got to see any of that. So the first round you saw was. Uh, I don't know Tim Hemman against a qualifier, and you think, where the bloody hell's this qualifier come from? So, what's yeah, it like? It's... What's it like going through the the qualifiers? It's weird because pre qualies are played at Arangi, Arangi Park. So you're playing at Wimbledon on yeah. the courts like that. Lovely, and then you go to the Bank of England, where the where courts are okay, but you're in the middle of a field. Yeah. So if you're not on the front two courts uh, next to the buildings, fourteen and sixteen, I believe. I know there's four now. Um, I played my last round against Medvedev and it had been raining. So they put us on court nine at the back and it was good for me because it was windy and the, he was hating it. Yeah. But it, you know, it, it's tough to play tennis out there sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then when you qualify, you go back to Wimbledon again. So you go <laughs> from really perfect courts to, yeah, nice enough. Court, but for a grand slam, you're thinking, yeah, it's, it's very strange the way you go from pre-college to college and back to Wimbledon. Again. It's like, you get thrown back and you have to earn your place back at Wimby again <laughs> um, on playing surface, but obviously financially in, in a grand slam, it's, it's great. And it's an even playing field. It's not, it's not like the, the bad bounces all over the place. It's just quite windy. And, and yeah, sometimes not that warm. And mm-hmm. It really is what I played qualities when I was 17. And I won my first round 
really nice sunny day and the next round I play and it's swirling wind on another court. Yeah. And you're thinking you really have to be able to deal with, with any situation. You mentioned Medvedev really not hate really not liking the the um the climate and the the uh, the surrounding environment. Do you play up to that when you're playing against him? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I made his life difficult as well. He went 5-1 up in the first and I clawed back a bit. He won the first set and then I started really using the conditions to my advantage as such. I wasn't going for big serves in the corner because it wasn't working. So I was really playing quite central and quite frustrating for him because there's no real rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I could tell you, if you, if I play, if you play him on a on a nice sunny day with with a bit a bit of a breeze on a hard court, I'd, I'd, it'd be over very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> as as we've seen since he's he's pretty good, you know. Oh well, you know he, he's all right, isn't he? He's all right. He's all right. He'll he'll do for now. <laughs> Let's have a look at 2016, the All England Club, uh, 2016 Wimbledon. You win your first round, and you've got. Uh, a draw you drawn against some bloke, some wild card. I think he yeah, was some guy, some guy from Switzerland. Yeah, <laughs> called Roger Federer. Uh, called Roger. Yeah, <laughs> some wild card called Roger. You had. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what goes through your mind then? Um, to be honest, it was only after I won my first round, and I was in the, the media where they said I really was. It, it was in a really good headspace. I was thinking about that. A point, the point I was about to play, it and that was it. And then the next point, I think about that. Obviously, I was aware of the score, but there was like a process in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I did get carried away, I probably wouldn't have won. Yeah. So I think I did see the draw before, but I thought, well, you know, I'm a million miles away from that. Like, there's a small chance. I, I was putting myself as the underdog and really going after fighting for every point. I mean, I can't say that I wouldn't do this, but if I did look at it, I would go, so I wonder who I'd play in the final. You know, <laughs> I'd go all the way through. Yeah, no, I, I'd go I, like, I, was, oh, I looked yeah. at the, I think I, I saw that if Federer beat Pella, I was playing him, I was like, well, Frank is this good tennis player, so let's get, you know, it wasn't even a, it sounds bad, it wasn't even an incentive to win, I just wanted to win. Yeah. Um. Um. And yeah, there's a part of me think, I wish I, wish I had a, Different draw. It was amazing for me. I was in the spotlight and of course, whatever. But th- but there are tons of other players I think I would have beaten yeah. in that draw. So I know I'm being fussy now, but ideally I'd have played him later on. And, you know, <laughs> in the semis. We'll have him in the semis instead. Yeah, maybe, maybe I wouldn't have got that far, but there were players in the second round that, that I'd fancy myself against definitely. Yeah, particularly on a round or two more. I mean, there are players in the fourth round I think I could have beaten, but to beat them you have to beat a seed anyway. So yeah. But ultimately, ultimately, um, that was my draw. I played okay. It was, it was, it was very tough. It was very tough out there. Well, it was obvious if you get in Federer, it was obvious it was going to be on either centre court or court one. Um, yeah, it, it was centre court, wasn't it? It was centre, yeah. Yeah, and I've heard all sorts of awful stories about centre court with it just being a whirlwind of like a tunnel of wind going up. So it's a nightmare to to play tennis on there. Is is that true? No, we had the roof shut. Right. Okay. The roof was closed, which which is annoying because Feder doesn't really. As soon as you close the roof on any court with Feder, it's it's pretty tough. It <laughs> makes your chances even slimmer. Um, and they sort of said, "Oh, it's forecasted to rain, so we're going to close the roof." And I was like, oh, "Can you like, let it rain?" Because I, 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 if I'm playing Feder, I want a bit of wind. I want well, a few levelers. Yeah. Um, you put him, you put him under a roof on a nice grass court. It's it's tough, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's tough anyway, but. But like, yeah, I found it really difficult to to try and break him down. I got there in the end. I had some chances in the third to 
I think Sir for the third. I break points to Sir for the third. Um, yeah, he's class, isn't he? So yeah, I mean, he's he, he's known as the the greatest player, isn't he? And uh, and and deservedly so. He is a fantastic player. And yeah. Did any of that cross your mind going into the match? Did was there any moment where you, as you say, serving for the for the for the set in the third set? Are you, were you ever oh, no, were you ever there going? I'm serving for the set against Roger Federer here. Was was any of that was, going through your mind, or do you have to block that out? No, my first service game, I looked up and he's doing his headband swoosh and yeah. rocking side to side, and I thought to myself, "This is mental." Yeah, this is actual mental. He's right there. He's like right there, and I watch this on TV all the time. Um, and then, yeah, when I'm three love down, I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> stop looking at him. It's getting weird now. <laughs> he must be thinking, who's this psycho? <laughs> but he was he was very gracious in his uh, in his win, and he he allowed you to to take in the home crowd, so to speak. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, most of the time, that you win, you go and thank the crowd, but he stayed sat down. And I, it came, it all came to a head, and I was, I was a little bit emotional for me. So I was sat there, just like trying to sink it all in. Yeah. Like those two and a half weeks that had just come from being at a Coldplay concert the night before Qualys to <laughs> the playing Federer. I mean, yeah, I was having, I was sipping pims at Coldplay. <laughs> what, a, what a concert that was! So I went to that, felt buzzing. Yeah. Absolutely buzzing, and then next day I'm six one down first round Qualys, and then uh, the week and a half later I'm sat there just after losing Federer. It's very weird. Yeah, so I was letting that sink in. I noticed he hadn't, and then yeah, I thought I'll go and thank the crowd. This is absolutely crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, because I suppose, as I said before, to the to the outsider, to the spectator, they're going, "Well, he's only played one match." Do you know what I mean? You go, "Why is he get?" Because and you go, "No, absolutely uh, not." The, the next the next day, we went on um, was it GMB or um, this morning. It was with Holly and Phil. Yeah, this morning. Yeah, yeah, this morning and. The alarm was like five o'clock, so you go and do hair and makeup, which is quite funny. Um, oh, I like that though, because you get the makeup on and you wear it all day because you go, oh, Don't I look fabulous? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Look at me. Um, um, we were up at like five, so after media and, and drugs test, obviously they're thinking, Let's drug test him, he's on something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, after I got back to hotel like 9 30, we got up at five. Um, and I couldn't walk to the bathroom. Like my missus was cracking up because I was just like com- everything had just hit me. Yeah. So like it took me like ten minutes to walk to the bathroom. I was completely buggered. I suppose that there's the um, adrenaline as well that helps you get exactly. through that sort of pain and stuff. And I had paracetamol and ibuprofen because my like, in the third set of Barankis, my my I had a problem ab with my ab on serving, mm-hmm. and that came back, and I was like, uh, so I was like curling them in at 105, <laughs> just getting through the match. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that that I was absolutely exhausted. Well, the following year, you came back and you got into the third round of the doubles. Tell me a bit about that. Uh, who was your doubles oh, partner? Jay Clark. That was so random. So there was actually his sister, Yas, who I used to play. She used to be a very good player when I was young. Um, she she coaches him now. So mm-hmm. she messaged me on Facebook saying, you're up for playing with Jay. Yeah. At Rumbledon. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. That's great. Cracking young player. Um we played Ilkley the week before and beat the Seeds first round and ended up losing 10-8. So we're playing all right. Yeah, yeah. But that was our first tournament. Second tournament was Wimbledon. Bloody hell. And it's best of five sets. And we're playing Gerald Donaldson and Jeevan, a, a decent Indian player, very quick around the net. Mm. So a winnable match, but not bad. We go two sets down in that. And I've walked off to the toilet. I said to Jay, like, we're not going to lose. We're better than these guys. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's go. And we came out 
one seven six six love six three or something like that after that. Brilliant. And then we got Herbert Mahu, defending champions, who just beat the US uh, French Open champ. We're thinking uh, um, we lost the first set six three, and I'm thinking just keep hanging in there, get on the board. Yeah. And then um, they played. I think it was Herbert played one of the worst service games I've ever seen. Really? Like I made a return miss volley, and he goes double, 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 or something like that. E. Then I hold, and it's three love, and then Mahu does the same thing. Ooh. So we've won the second set six one in like quick time, just by holding a couple of times, and then we're in, and we start playing amazing. We start save set points in the third. That <laughs> they, they the umpire's called double fault. I've challenged it, and they said it's in. Then Jay's hit an ace, so we're back to Duke, and we <laughs> play the most amazing tiebreak. So we're two sets to one up, and then all of a sudden you're in this mad match, and it's like a dream. And then we were five four love forty. <laughs> and then uh, I think Jay missed a return and I hit a return that landed on the floor before the net and then all of a sudden like we've just got broken and they've won the fourth and yeah. we've gone to the toilet again and I've said to Jay like oh we can still win this come on <laughs> first service game in the fifth but like, ten juices save like five break points mm-hmm. and then we play an amazing game to break and then we just hold and hold and hold just sc- scraping through service game um, and then we got the win yeah but crazy middle Saturday Court three, probably last match of the day. So there were chanting going on. Everyone was pissed. <laughs> um, it was like a Davis Cup atmosphere, honestly. Yeah. Like, I wish I had more footage of that because there, there was some unbelievable tennis in that. Um, but like that was where, again, I came off the court there, like one of the best days of my life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, me and Jay both just played really. I mean, he was returning unbelievably well. Um, good, good athlete, getting everything back. I was serving on a dream. Um, yeah, what a day. There's something exciting about a Davis Cup atmosphere, isn't it? There's there's so yeah. much so much more. I don't want to say energy, but there is a little bit more energy. Do you know what I mean? There's obviously the excitement of a Grand Slam with the likes at the All All England Club, but the Davis Cup it is a, it's a team event, isn't it? So it's like it's yeah. us against them. So there is that more passion from the fans. I, I thrive in that. I, I wouldn't put it on grass middle Saturday. Um, I, yeah, I play great in front of the crowd. The BBC held a vote about the best shot uh, from the, the tournament in 2016, and it was your shot that, that won it. It was the, the lob against... I didn't Freddie. get any money or a trophy for that, nothing. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still checking my account. Has it gone in yet? <laughs> they must have Maybe had a payout. Maybe they me a check. <laughs> still no, I'm looking at the post but every day it's... you'll have to put it onto yeah. a DVD and send it up there so do you remember this I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my own award how about that <laughs> you can go and buy trophies from a shop can't you <laughs> so um, how was the how has the pandemic affected you in terms of training and things like that yeah massively I mean I was in Turkey last year when it all started kicking off yeah we're in the quarterfinals and, and people are pulling out the tournament and going home. Like Americans are like, we need to get out of here, man. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. I was, I've, I've still been so chilled about the whole thing. Obviously, it's not very nice, but panicking is not going to make it better. Just get on with it and stick to the rules. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a horrible thing. But yeah, it's been really difficult to play, actually. And the, and the, times, I ha- the times I did play in Greece, like every man and their dog were there and you're playing like a challenger event at a Futures. Um, for me now, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not getting any younger, so I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, to be honest. I don't know. Um, obviously with the family and stuff, I need to start making some money. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got a, a few decisions to make, to be honest. Um, you played in the tiebreak tens with the likes of Andy Murray, Dominic team, Joe Wilfried Songo. Tell me a bit about that. That was cool. Yeah. So I got a wild card into Vienna ATP, lost in, in third set of the breakout, lost to Albot. 
in qualies and then there was an event there and oh yeah i had a phone call did like a proper interview about it sky sports and stuff um crazy i didn't play that well it was, it was difficult lots of flashing lights lots of music yeah um and i was kind of a bit like a rabbit in headlights there which it didn't play as well as i wanted to great experience of course um but i look back at that and think what would i have done differently to to perform a bit better because i was just very very nervous mm-hmm. um but yeah it was a great experience like being alongside those guys I practiced with Songa a bit. Um, you know, I, I did that as a junior. I practiced with Murray. I've hit with Vadasco. Like, mm-hmm. as a youngster, I'm kind of used to that. Yeah. Hitting with the good players. And I, and I get every second out of it that I can. You just get used to, try and get used to their intensity and ball. Um, but yeah, it was a, it's, it's a great event. Really good idea. But um, it, it's for me, I struggle with the stop start. You've got to get off your bike and, you know, one minute warm up and you're in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I've always been, you know, I've always liked to pick up a bit of rhythm. Of course, yeah, yeah. I've never started like a couple of matches. I start out the blocks, but it's always I'm trying to get a feel for my opponent. And when you're trying to get a feel for Andy Murray or Goran, it's it's not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> just, just can you just wait a little bit before you start ripping ball forehand? <laughs> uh, great experience. Yeah, annoyed I didn't perform, but ever hey. Life goes on, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't matter. Liverpool are Premiership champions and champions of Europe. So what's the worst thing? <laughs> yeah, and world champions. Did I mention that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not this year, but uh, we're, we're still. I'm never going to let anyone forget about that for the next five years. <laughs> Maybe this is. Maybe this is why I get abused. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who were the players that you looked up to when you were growing up? So was it the was it the, the standard top flight players or were there players that you were thinking on the outside that you admired their play? Yeah, um, Goran was mad. So I don't think this is allowed now. But my parents got me a day off every year to go and watch Queens when I was growing up. Fantastic. On a, always on a Thursday. And we'd take Tim Fall sandwiches, white bread, which is a massive treat, homemade sandwiches, picnic, and always try and watch Goran. Yeah. And I got an autograph off him as a kid, and it was just the best thing ever. So yeah, so I went to Queens to watch Mark Hilton play, Lee Childs play. This is yes. stuff back in the day. I think they played each other actually. Um, Michael Russell, Wayne Black, Hemman occasionally got and caught one. Rozeski. Yeah. So I watched all these players. That yeah, but Goran was my hero because he was just a nutcase. <laughs> <laughs> a complete nutcase and I love that my favourite player growing up was Leighton Hewitt I used to I used to love I didn't like him because he always beat Hemman and Goran and, <laughs> and would do that come on yeah, come thing on. in your face yeah like you little prick <laughs> <laughs> Well, my uh, my best friend used to love Andy Roddick, and a couple of times the head-to-head between uh, Hewitt and Roddick, Hewitt had the better of him quite a lot of the time. Yeah, I know, yeah. And, uh, and I, I like Roddick as well. I was, yeah. And uh, oh, I used to give my mates some. But grief. what a player Hewitt was! I mean, yeah, I just yeah, it's because my my rivals would lose to him. But I mean, what a player! What what, what a different style as well. Didn't yeah. overpower anyone. Just so accurate, so early, so relentless, and then yeah. <laughs> In your face with that as well. <laughs> I mean, you're was breathing out your arm, you look over, and a guy's in your face like that. Oh. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> I, but the thing is, though, I when I was watching, obviously, when I first really got into, I was born in '93, so when I first okay. got into into tennis, he was he just won Wimbledon, and and I was like, Whoa. now Bandian in the final, right? Yeah. Yes, I. Th- Yes, I think it yeah. was, yeah. And now Bandy, no one knew who he was then. Yeah. <laughs> he had he had a skinhead. Did he? And he was a, yeah, he was a massive yeah, I remember he had a skinhead when he made the final. 
and it was really, really surprising that he made the final. Like, no one really knew of him then. I'm pretty sure about that. I'm going to Google it after this now. Yeah, so Mike, do you know when you go, oh, my, my knowledge is... It's a little bit shaky there, but... You one woman and once, did he? That was it? Yeah, just the once. Just the once. And then I'm pretty sure he was out the next... He went out first round the following year. All of it. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, All of it. But I was a a big fan of Hewitt, but I remember watching him play and the way he hit the ball and stuff, I was like, he's not going to be about for long. He doesn't hit the ball right. Do you know what I mean? His his shoulders are going to be knackered. His hips are going to be knackered. And he's had... So many um, operations on his shoulders and hips, and I think he's got a new hip as well, hasn't he? And he was still Probably. getting into the the top twenties. <laughs> it's like Andy now, I guess. Yeah. What do you think about Andy? Do you think he's going to get back into the top ten? Do you think he's going to get back to to his previous level? What I'm not going to do is say he can't, yeah. because because yeah, because he he can. Um, it's going to be difficult for him for sure. He's going to have to change, adapt his game a bit, I guess. Yeah. Um. But of course he can, yeah. Like, World class player. He got there for a reason in the first place. So hmm. um, it's a, it's a big challenge, and I, I think he'll see it as that. Um, who knows? Who knows? Do I think he'll win another slam? No, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say he can't. No, absolutely. If if there's Basically. anybody if there's anybody that can, it's it's Andy Murray, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. He's it's, it's an exceptional player. What's next for you, Marcus? Let's say the pandemic ended tomorrow, for argument's sake. What's next for you? Uh, get on the practice court again. Get on the practice court. See where I'm at. Um, yeah, I don't really know. To be honest, I'm caught. I'm kind. I can't. I kind of don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of in three different mindsets at the moment about what I should do. So yeah, I think my sing- my singles career is definitely done. Um, you move. You moved on to the doubles side now. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, singles. It's. It's. I mean, my body hurts so much. I can play to a good level. I trained up for the pro series and lost a few tight ones. I didn't get embarrassed there. Um, but my recovery, my body was just. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if I do that at a pro level, do I want to train up and potentially become three hundred in the world, or or you know, two two hundred in the world at best? Yeah. Okay. I may maybe I get one more Wimbledon out of it, but. I kind of think my Wimbledon singles experience will never be the same again. <laughs> um, yeah, I've lost sort of 10 miles an hour off my serve a bit as well. So it's, yeah. it's yeah, I, I don't believe I can be that good at singles anymore, basically. Yeah, I think there, yeah. is, there is a point Sucks where you to have to it, just but... accept that. You have to just accept that though, don't you? You can't, I think so, yeah. And you have to be realistic about that sort of thing. But to get my body into the day would take a lot, a lot. And it, with no guarantee, so like I said, I got a family. I can't, I can't be hustling about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, my overdraft again. You know, I can't be doing that. Would you ever go into commentary? I'd love to. Yeah. I think I feel like I've got a lot to learn. I was discussing this with a friend yesterday. Um. I kind of bounce off people, and commentary you have to be quite not boring, but say it how it is. Yeah. So maybe I'll be a good co-commentator, but as if i wanted to be a commentator i'd really have to, to change my style for sure and it's it's hard you have to stay on it the whole time um and none of my crappy little jokes <laughs> people don't weirdly enough people don't every person doesn't find them funny <laughs> well the thing is though it is difficult, strange isn't, isn't it? it that it's one of the beauties of sport like tennis or football or bantam whatever it is you're watching sometimes it's bloody boring do you know what i mean <laughs> sometimes you're there going it is oh this is like commentary, you need to let people know that maybe aren't watching or don't know certain things about tennis because that, that, that's what I think the main audience want that. Mm. If they if they wanted to laugh, they'd put Michael McIntyre on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there's a time and a place for it and, and I'd have to learn that very quickly. I'm still, 
I've still got verbal Tourette sometimes with my joke, joke Tourette's, you know? <laughs> like, I still say jokes when around the wrong people and awkward silences. So, I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd have a lot to learn. Brain it in a bit. <laughs> I've got one final question for you, my friend. Who of your show business friends would you like to see on this podcast? Show business friends. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know if I've got many of those. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go through the Z list. Um... <laughs> Uh, who would I like to see on this? What about Will Carling from rugby? He's a, he's a good guy. Will Carling, he's on the list. Guy, I, I would have said Piers Morgan, but he blocked me last week. <laughs> what happened there? I did see on your Twitter he blocked. I just you. replied. He, he tweeted about uh, who was it? Um, and in his tweet, he just died. He put like, oh, he was an expert. At, he he used to I, he used to be one of my heroes until I took his job and and uh, and uh, he was like a he'd know about it. He was married eight times and but. He just and I, I just put uh, something like uh, not nice, um, some sly little digs about someone who's just died very brave. Oh. And then, uh, and then he's blocked me. But it's true. I, I, every, I wasn't saying it aggressively. I was just like, yeah, nice one, mate. Really, really brave of you there. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But he didn't like it. <laughs> and he's also not a friend. I went on a show once. That was it. He probably doesn't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Thanks, Cal. Take it easy. You too, man. Bye bye. The Cal Halbert Podcast. And there you go, my friends. That was my chinwag with Marcus Willis. He's a lovely, lovely man, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, please, please, please give it a nice big share with all your friends and family. I don't know. That's if you've got friends and family. Who knows? If not, just say, oh, that was lovely, that. Tell you. Tell your pets or something. I don't know. If you haven't got pets, uh, tell the telly. In fact, no, just open the window and go, oh, you need to listen to the Cal Halbert podcast. That's what I think you should do. Uh, if you did, please subscribe so you never miss a future episode. And if you can, give us five stars. Shout that out the window as well. Subscribe and give it five stars. That's what you should do. <laughs> right. See you next week. The Cal Halbert podcast. You've been listening to a Calvert Media production.